Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast episode number 17. I'm going to call it the Matt Martin episode because we're just going to keep going. I had him on the list. I got three players. What are your other two? So I got Martin, Sean Bates. Oh, good one. Wendell Clark and Greg Gilbert. That last one... Thank you, Hockey Reference player numbers page. Okay, I definitely wouldn't have gotten Greg Gilbert. Nor would I. Okay, but I am Matt O'Leary. I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Oh my god, okay. Um, I'm having a fantastic day. Only because two hours ago, I spoke to none other than Denny Potvin. The oh, Dennis Potvin? The, the Denny Potvin. Uh, Islanders fame, Hockey Hall of Fame, 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 Vanier fame, just famous, famous, Denny Potvin. Anyways, I'm going to write something up about what I spoke to Denny about. There's too many abouts there. Um, I'm going to write it up. It'll be up on the site probably tomorrow. Um, Whoever listens to this, if you're going to listen to this right away, come uh, Wednesday, Thursday morning. You're going you're gonna to hear it before it's out, but just know that I spoke to Danny Potvin, and today is a bucket list day for me. This is a check mark. Wow. Um, this is, yeah. Whoa. I know you texted me earlier about it, and I was beyond happy for you, obviously, but now that we're releasing it, I feel like our listeners have like an, another connection with us because we break news to them before it's broke on the website. So <laughs> if, you, That's right. if you want the full Eyes on Isles experience, you have to listen to the podcast every week. Darn straight. So that that's my day. It's minus 25, which is what we like to say, minus holy beep um, <laughs> outside. Uh, a snowstorm. It's going down to we're ha- we have frostbite warnings. I don't know Ooh. if you get those every now and again. No, I, I thought it was bad because with windchill today, it was one degree Fahrenheit. 
I, right. I, I felt pretty bad because it was just 50 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday. So it was like 49 degree difference in one day, which kind of sucked. But I can't even imagine minus 20 Celsius or whatever that converts to in Fahrenheit. But it sounds yeah, terrible. Let me bring it up because it's getting colder tomorrow. It's going to be a minus 30 tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's really, really cold. I'm just my Internet is really slow where I am here. Um, so zero degrees Celsius is 32 Fahrenheit. So minus 30 is minus 22. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. It's minus 22. You can see why it's minus. It feels like minus holy beep. Uh, yeah, it's going to be cold. It's going to snow. Uh, it's great. That means we're going we're gonna to have ice. We're going to have ice outside, and I can go skating and play hockey a block away from my house. It's amazing. That aspect is good. But I just That's wouldn't right. want to leave my house in general. If I was <laughs> Stay in my pajamas under the blankets all day long. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a good Netflix day, but it's definitely a good sit outside and play some hockey day. All right, fair enough. Speaking of hockey, we should probably talk about our hockey team. They uh, Do we have to? I think we do. They just got off the ice about an hour ago at this point, by the time we're recording. They didn't play very good tonight, and in their last four games, they are just one two and one so not a whole lot to write home about no um so we're recording this wednesday night they just played dallas and lost five two um the only takeaway from that dallas game is kari letnin was good somehow some reason like he, he was legitimately good it wasn't a fluke like he stopped 40 shots and they're all easy shots like he stopped a lot of really good efforts from the islanders they, sh- they did enough to win that game, like Doug Wade said after the game. But Yaro Halak, my God, like, can we just please? I, not all of those were his fault, certainly. But that second one that he led in tonight, oh, my. It was the same play against Boston. Player coming down the wing just throws it on net. And maybe there's there's quite a bit of mustard on the shot, but he threw it on net, just hoping and praying he'd get a rebound. He didn't even get that. He went right through him. <laughs> Well, maybe not right through. That's giving it, it trickled in. Like it just, uh, just a simple save. That's all it needed, and he couldn't do that. And then I, it derailed from there. Like I, I know Stan Fisher asked Andres Lee after the game, like, did that kill the momentum for the game? And Lee gave the political answer, like, no, it does, it didn't. But like, you can tell that they were affected. You could tell. Yeah, that's one. That's the kind of goal that really like sucks the life out of the players. You know, because at that point, they're still in the game, but. That's just a momentum killer when you let in a soft goal. And that's been a gigantic problem for the Islanders this year. We're going to get into more specific goalie-orientated talk for our long topic. But just as the recap of these games, they haven't been playing good. I mean, that's like the very cliche answer. But the inconsistencies are back and... Play in net is definitely a big factor for it. Absolutely. Like, listen, they, 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 they got, what, three points out of their last four games? That's not good enough. That's not even a point-per-game pace. That is not good enough. The, the, the game against Pittsburgh, fine. 4-3 overtime loss. Big deal. They get a point out of it. That's fine. Um, the 3-1 loss against Boston, that, shouldn't have, that should not have happened. Um, again, Yarrow is at fault for, like I said, the same type of goal. And then they go to they, they they welcome Washington to the Barclays, and they completely rout them. And where is that in, against Dallas? It's nowhere to be found. 
Uh, well, maybe not nowhere to be found. That's a bit harsh. Like they played well. They just they didn't get the goaltending to set up that momentum throughout the game. They just they played well at the start of the game, and then it just kind of <clears throat> goaltending let them down from there on in. Yeah, and that's the thing I wrote about recently. How with the Islanders goalie play, it feels like the team has to score four goals a night in order for them to win, and that's not going to happen on a consistent basis. I think we're starting to no. see the scoring drop off a little bit, which is fine. We all expected this, but it's how does the team adjust when that happens, and right now they haven't, and that's my biggest takeaway is that when the offense is starting to dwindle a little bit, they haven't been able to adjust. That's right. Um, I, I wanted to, to save that point and bring it towards the Boston game because I, I have something to say about about Halak and the and the Boston game and, and this point specifically when the offense isn't clicking we need the goaltending to step up and that's not what happened in Boston. Um, but I, can we move away from this and just say like inconsistency the, the consistent inconsistency is back for this team? Yes. Where they can put in an amazing effort against a, a two-time President's Trophy winning team that has won four straight and and completely take him to task, but then lose it the next game two days later for reasons. Right. Um, can we get a prediction on the next four then? Because so they go to Columbus tomorrow. And they lost to Columbus in Columbus, 5-0 on opening night. What What is your prediction, or what would you like to see over the next three games? Where they go to Columbus tomorrow, they welcome the Kings on Friday, I believe it is, and then they welcome the Detroit Red Wings on the Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to bring up the calendar so I can say stop mistaken. Sorry, Tuesday. So for, uh, they have Columbus tomorrow, Thursday, away. Kings on Saturday at home, and then Detroit on Tuesday at uh, Tuesday on home. God, Tuesday at home, Mike. There that you was go. for some reason so hard for me to say. A tongue twister there for some reason. Oh man. Um, I think did well. Let me ask you this first: Did Wait come out and say that Grice is going to be the starter tomorrow yet? No, but you're you would no. assume that well, he would, right? Yeah, I, I there's, there's no reason to think he wouldn't be. I think Grice is hungry to show that he's better than what he's played. I think he will play well tomorrow in Columbus. I think the Islanders bounce back and win a tight game. I know they looked absolutely awful opening night when they played in Columbus, but I think they win in Columbus. I think they beat Detroit. I think the Kings game is the one they're going to drop of these three. So I'm going to have them go... Two and one. Right. I have them going two and one as well. I just have it in a different order. I think they lose against Columbus. And the only reason that that makes me think that is that they're not playing super well right now. They're not scoring a lot, right? They scored how many goals in the last five games? So that's that's going up to Tampa. So two, five, six, nine, and then another two. Like that's not that that's not their average of four to five a game. They barely hit the four mark. They never they never actually hit the four mark. So they're they're not scoring at that pace. And so we're having that drop down in the offense. And the Islanders haven't lost two games in a row this season. Um, they generally bounce back after this type of loss. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it. I think they're gonna they're gonna lose in Columbus. It's probably not gonna be a big a blowout loss again. But I, I just don't see them having it together yet. I think it's going to take a back-to-back to kind of 
uh, back-to-back losses to get them into that momentum. Like, oh my God, we need to fix something and we need to fix something quick. Um, and and maybe maybe it, it takes till after after Los Angeles where they have that two days to kind of prepare between Los Angeles and Detroit. But I, I have them winning against Los Angeles and I have them definitely winning against Detroit. That there's there's no reason they should lose to Detroit. Exactly. I did have a question for you. Do you think against Columbus because you had that as their loss? Do you think it's going to be Grice not performing well or the offense just continuing to struggle? Like, what are your thoughts on Grice's first start and what feels like forever? Um, I, I think Rice will play all right, but his average right now is almost four goals a game. So I, right. I think he lets in three, uh, which is an improvement. Um, I think he's okay, um, but I, I think he lets in three and the offense just doesn't click. Okay. And what I mean doesn't click, they just don't bury it. Like they're, they're still creating chances. Again, tonight against Dallas, they created a lot of chances. They just weren't burying them. Right. That's just that's that's all it is, and like they hit the post a few times, um, and and again, Lednin was amazing. For some reason, he's not usually amazing. He's never usually amazing, <laughs> but tonight for some reason he was, and it's not because the Islanders were were, were shooting far or from from far out, and he was seeing everything. Like he was stopping everything, well except for two. Uh, he he was just on the on his ball tonight, and it's just that happens. That's that's there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. I for me the one frustrating thing before we move on was that they looked so good against Washington and it kind of made me feel like all right this team can really hang with any team in the metro especially if they play their best with and have a competent goalie and net like look how good this team could be and then they kind of I don't want to necessarily say come out flat tonight but they just weren't clicking the same way, you know. Yeah. Wait would say that they came out pretty flat. Like he, he kept saying in his press game or his press game, his post game, that um, it wasn't that that exciting kind of. What did he say? He wasn't a Rembrandt. Um, it, it was kind of a rough game. That there was nothing really going on both sides. Um, so I, I would say that I don't know. It was a winnable game. It was a winnable game, and they lost it because I think goaltending. I really do. The, the offense did everything it could, and th- it was goaltending on both sides. There was a good goalie on the other side and a not-so-hot one on, on our side. Right, which certainly doesn't help things. All right, so no. you have our coverage of the last four predictions for the next three. So we'll have That's a lot right. to talk about when we do this all again next week. As for our second short topic of this week, Brad Marchand laid a really big hit on John Tavares. It got him a penalty, but it did not yield the suspension. Mitch, what were your thoughts on that hit? Like, when are we, when are we going to start penalizing for, or not pen, post, like penalizing post after the game for predatory hits? Can, can we start doing that at some point, ever? Um, if you watch the play again, Marshall sees, knows where Tavares is, and he's he's lining him up for hit. And when Tavares, I guess, doesn't he doesn't know that Marshall's coming because he's got his back to him. And when Marshall comes to him, Tavares is moving out of the way, and Marshall is no longer lining lined up with him. So he reaches out with his hands to clip him in any way, shape, or form, and he gets his hands up across Tavares's face. Like, in in what way is this not a hit to the head? 
in what way? There, there's there's no explanation. I guess aside if you're a beat writer for maybe not a beat writer, but uh, some hockey writer for Boston for in Boston. Did you see that piece? Yeah, I saw that. That was oh. absolute garbage. That guy's Did a clown. Did you read it? I didn't read it, but I didn't have. I didn't, didn't want to give it. him the satisfaction. Okay, good. I'm glad. I thought of retweeting it even from our account, and I was like, you know what? This is what he wants. He wants us to go out and, and, and tweet out this garbage of like, oh, Tavares needs to man up. Um, he's playing in a tough a physical game. He needs to be able to take a hit. Yeah, he took the hit. He took the hit fine, and then he said afterwards, I have nothing to say, as in like, you guys need to do your job, Department of Player Safety, and review it. All this right. is unbelievable. Well, you might be mad at me then because I quote tweeted it, and but but let me explain myself. I said, do your thing, Isles Twitter, hoping that, you yes. know, they would they would send the brigade at him, you know, with the pelters. And and the, the tweets at him, the pelters were there. Um, did, did you read, I kind of, not deep dive, but I, I looked at his Twitter bio, or at least just his his main Twitter page. And did, did you read the caption that's in his, in his profile? No, I didn't. Uh, I forget his name. I'm just going to sh- call him Shalom. I'm going to call him, I don't know, uh, Perth. And it, in his twi- Twitter thing, it says, I want to be known as a good sports writer. I want people to say, hey, look, it's Perth, that really good sports writer. Who writes that? What kind of dinkus writes that? Oh, my like, god! Like, yeah, I would love people to wa- see me walking down the street and be like, hey, that's that cool sports writer. But people don't do that for sports writers. That's not a thing. People love to demonize us because sometimes we say some, some things that aren't necessarily correct and we have opinions and we voice them out in a very public fashion. No one's going to come down the street and be like, hey, Mr. Sports Writer, have a good day. This isn't the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, those days are long gone. Yeah, that does not happen. Ah, he was, oh God, he annoyed me so much. I oh, man up and play the game. He did. He manned up and played the game and took two hands across the face with a stick. And then your guy got, did he get a five minute? I know I he, think got, he, did. he got in, in, uh, interference. I don't know if it was a major. Uh, he did get but, a major. So obviously the Department of Player Safety feels like that's enough. That is justified. He got his dues. We're fine. But like, can we say like hashtag done? Like this is a reoccurring segment that we have where we ask you, hashtag, are you hashtag done? And are you hashtag done analyzing the de- Department of Player Safety um, suspensions for any 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 semblance of consistency? Oh no, because I am. yeah, there is no consistency whatsoever. It, you could I honestly, this is what I think is happening down there. It's like wheel of fortune. It's wheel of fortune. They just spin it, or no, the price is right. Price is right. They spin the wheel, and whatever it lands on. That's how many games you're suspended, if you're suspended or not. It's either that or they have like a magic eight ball and they're like, should we suspend, <laughs> should we suspend Brad Marchand? And then they think it's just like <laughs> shake it around and then unlikely. And then they're like, oh, we don't have to do it. <laughs> the ball has spoken. Magic eight ball has spoken. Uh, do they have a special one for Brad Marchand and another one for like Rafi Torres and uh, Radko Gudis? Where the Radko Gudis one always says yes, but the Brad Marchand one says unlikely. Uh, he he definitely knows somebody down there. He's slipping him some bucks on the table or something. He's got to. Is he? Oh, is he George Peros's um, mustache oil peddler? Could be. Is that the word I want to use? He's he's a, the mustache oil pusher for the NHL, and so he's got he's got an in. He's got an in. That's got to be it. We got it. We got a undercover EOI special report, <laughs> investigative journalism on. Who's supplying George Paris with its mustache oils? Uh, 
Uh, the thing that bothered me with this also, uh, I'm going to spin zone it and look through it with the blue and orange gra- uh, glasses just because I can. I thought that's what we were doing the whole time. Yeah, that, I mean, we kind of okay. have been, but, uh, <laughs> but even more so. This is such like a knock on the Islanders too and to John Tavares because he never gets the protection that he deserves. Like so many people said if this happened to Sidney Crosby, it'd be like national news. Oh, or, or it would absolutely. be like such a huge thing. Oh, you know, Crosby's had so many concussion problems in his career. Can you believe my Shane went up high on him? Blah, blah, blah. What about Tavares? Protect all your stars in NHL. How about that? Fair enough. How about just even all your players, but yet yeah, definitely all the stars? You don't apply a one-star-fits-all approach? Yeah. Just saying. Um, um, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense and and the the more the more I, I I watch I don't I don't have it but I I watched it the other day when it happened and I watched it yesterday the more I watch that hit the more infuriated I get because it's so clearly obvious yeah he doesn't get an elbow on him but he it's clear initial contact to the head and yes he got an interference call on it and yes Tavares wasn't injured we think who knows with concussions right they can come by like days and even weeks afterwards. Sure. Um, but that doesn't matter. the The idea here is that he hit someone where you're not supposed to, and he did so willingly. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't Tavares like getting out of the way at the last second. This was intentional. The intent to injure could arguably be there. Um, I could hear the case that it wasn't an intent to injure, but I'm I'm going to err on the side of caution and say it's Broad Marshaw. It probably was. He's dirty. I'm also hashtag done with him and Tom Wilson. Screw that guy. He, hit, <laughs> he came after my boy Joshua Sang the other night. I am hashtag done with him too. I have been there you forever. Go. But. Yeah, forever and ever, amen. Hashtag done Tom Wilson. Hashtag done. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Our third short topic before we get into the big one is the power of the Metro. This race is going to take years of my life. Because every night it feels like a playoff game. Because if you lose, you're losing ground big time. Like, just for example, take a look. After the Washington win, they jumped up to second place in the Metro. I, and that's the problem. Like, it swings so violently. Like, they were in second place. They're in a wild card spot now. Yep. Just like that. Just like that. And they're only two points ahead of the Rangers and uh, Pittsburgh, the Penguins. Um, Penguins have a game played extra, so Islanders have a game in hand. But still, that's two points. Like, and Philly's not far behind with four. Uh, we're thirty-one, so I guess that's six points. So yeah, sorry, Philly. Um, it's crazy that the entire Metro is is ahead of one, two, three, four, five Atlantic teams. That's hysterical. That's nuts, and like ahead of them by a, a relatively healthy margin. Oh my God! Buffalo twenty-two points. Yeah, oh. Ottawa twenty-seven. Um, so like the strength of this division. Look at it. There's two teams at thirty-nine. There's another one thirty-eight. Islanders thirty-seven, and then two more at thirty-five. Like any one of those teams are playoff teams, and we just rattled off six teams there. That's six of eight teams that are playoff position teams. That's crazy. Yeah, thirty-five points is. I mean that look. As of right now, that seems like a wild card spot. So, yeah. I mean, especially when you compare it to the Atlantic teams, 
the Metro is, is killing it right now. Or, or look at any other division. Yeah, sure. Um, two of the highest producing offenses are, are in, sorry, the Islanders are the highest producing offense in the, in the Metro. Uh, Washington is not far behind, and you can imagine that they're going to start picking it up. They're 8-2-0. 8-2-0 in the last 10. That's, like, that, that's why they're there. They're, they're, yeah. They weren't in a playoff position not too long ago, but they've picked it up significantly and are now putting up points and putting up points big time. Um, but thankfully, the New Jersey Devils have started losing a little bit of ground. Thank yes. you. Um, they're 5-4-1 the last 10. They're obviously starting to slip. Their signs are starting to show that this team isn't what it should be. Um, thank you. Although, I say that, and they're a game, they got a game in hand on Columbus and a game in hand on Washington, and they're only a point behind both of them. So, you know what? Who knows? Whatever. They have so many points in the bank at this point. Like In their next two games, they could pick up two points, and they could still be at top of the division by a point. I think I think midnight. Like, I think midnight's coming. I think they're turning into a pumpkin soon. I I want that to happen because you look at their team and and no one's got double. Di- sorry, there might be two players who have double digit goals: Taylor Hall and Brian Gibbons. Who the heck is Brian Gibbons? <laughs> have you ever heard of Brian Gibbons before? No, no, you haven't because he hasn't played for anyone. Like he's got. Let me. I'm gonna pull up his stats now. I know he's got 11 goals at least this season. Um, sorry, where is he? He's got 12 now. 12 goals on the season at, at 30 games. Um, before that, he had played. It's just taking a while for my internet to load up. Uh, I think he had one one season before that, and he put up nowhere near that kind of production. He had 17 um, points is. in 2013-14 with Pittsburgh. There, he had. 20 what is it 22 points in 66 games between Pittsburgh and Columbus he has 18 and 30 where what? did he come from where did this come from where is this happening why are the New Jersey Devils doing this and, and like like I said no one's really gotten no one's taking this away I don't even think they have a point per game player actually they did sorry they have Taylor Hall and then it drops down significantly from there Taylor Hall's got 31 and 30, and then it's Jesper Brad at 20 and 30. That's it. That's it. And, like, the, the goaltending isn't, isn't anything fantastic. Corey Schneider's got a 920 save percentage. percentage that's pretty good. Uh, actually, in this, in, in this NHL, that's real good. But his goals against average is 2.6. Like, th- this team shouldn't be this good, but they are. And it's annoying the heck out of me. Yeah, me too. I, d- I want to see the Islanders match up against them. I want to see that. I, thi- I think they, they, they own them, but who knows? This team has just been playing well. It's just a good nucleus, a good collective of players that's just meshing. And that's, I think that's all it is. It's just they're finally meshing, which sucks that that's all it took. Like, ah, it's just happening. Oh, well. We're just good. Oh, well. Because that's, that's fair. fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because we go through 12 years of a rebuild and still can't get it done. Uh, gosh darn it. It's so much fun being an Islanders fan. <laughs> I know. Uh, but Want to get into the long topic of the yeah, goalie let's, conversation? Let's frustrate ourselves a little bit more. I wanted to ask you this, because you got some heat the other day for saying that Yaroslav Halak didn't play well in Boston. 
You yes. you would have thought you said like you hated the Pope or something like that. The way people were coming at you. Um, can you defend why you thought he didn't play well the other night? Okay, so you're putting me on trial for something that people perceived that I said. They thought I said that Yarrow was awful and terrible. Did he lose the game for the Islanders? Yeah, absolutely. He let in a soft goal he shouldn't have let in. Absolutely. And that second one shouldn't have gone in either. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it was a turnaround shot, and it's, it's hard to stop those. Okay, yeah, it's hard to stop those, but he's an NHL-caliber goalie. And, and if you look at the play, Yarrow was within his blue paint. When you have a player that's going into the slot, you should be going to challenge. You should be stepping up. He should be at the top of his crease. There should be no blue paint in front of him. Cutting off the angle. That is goaltending 101. Um, and uh, Of course, I, you can take that with a grain of salt all you want because uh, I am not an NHL-caliber goaltender, nor will I ever be, nor was I ever in the position to ever be one. Um, goaltending was way too expensive for my parents to pay for. Um but what people were really coming at me for is like, well, why aren't you blaming the forwards? Okay, sure. Yeah, the forwards only score, scored a single goal. Um, and they had 21 of their shots blocked. They didn't do enough. But you know what? We've been saying this for weeks, and we said it at the beginning of this podcast, that at some point, the forwards are going to stop scoring five goals a game. And that's when the goaltending needs to step up. And on that night, it didn't. So why are we allowed to say, uh, say something for weeks on end, proclaiming up the apocalypse is coming, and then when it comes, we go, oh, that wasn't it. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too in this case. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. Um, I think your criticism is fair. You can definitely say that one of them was soft. I think you could argue too, and you made a pretty good case for it. Uh, I didn't see much of that game. I was honest with you about it when we met the other day yep. to talk about what we're <laughs> going to go over. But you convinced me to say at least, okay, I can, re- I can respect that opinion. I'm not going to call you names and say you should not watch the sport of hockey ever again because of that opinion. Did people say that? Yeah, you just, okay. Oh, don't I block don't a go lot on of Facebook. that out. Don't go on Facebook. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, I... I did a little bit of a deep dive this past week comparing okay. the Islanders' goalies, the two of them, Grice and Halak. I'm going to, if you give me a second, I'm going to pull it up because I want to bring up the comparables. I compared them to not only the other goalies in the entire league, but more specifically the goalies who are also in the Metropolitan Division. Oh boy! Yeah, that's the, just by name. That's already depressing, right? You go through the, the list. So Matt Murray in Pittsburgh, Braden Holpe in Washington. You've got Henrik Lundqvist with the Rangers. Um, who am I missing? Corey Schneider with the Devils. Uh, Carolina, whatever. Pitts, uh, Philadelphia, whatever. Um, I'm missing someone here. Columbus, Sergei Bobrovsky, like yearly Vezina winner, right. like. And then we have Yarrow and Thomas Grice, which should be good. This should be a, a good tandem. Not great, not league leading, but at least NHL average. And if we had NHL average, we'd be winning a lot more games. We are not actually playing. The Islanders would be winning more games than they are winning right now. Right. So keep in mind, I wrote this one four days ago. 
So the numbers might be a little bit different, but I will go through each of their got yeah their rankings and the important statistics and where they rank league wise and then how that compares. So Halak, goals against average at the time was two point nine nine, forty fifth in the league for goalies. Save percentage nine zero three forty eight. Quality starts six thirty two. Quality save, uh, quality start percentage, 0.429, 51st in the league. Really bad starts, two, which is 30th in the league. A lower number is actually better here, so that's not a terrible yeah. one. GSAA, minus 3.80, 46th in the league. Now we get uh, what is GSA? Is that goals saved above average? Yes. Okay. Thomas Grice. 3.79 goals against average, 68th in the league. Yuck. Safe percentage of 890, 62nd in the league. Quality start 6, 33rd in the league. Quality start percentage, 0.429. Really bad start. He has 4, which is 5th in the league. And being in the top 5 for really bad starts is not good. No. GSAA. I brace yourself for this one. Minus 9.51, 60th out of, I believe, 63. So can you explain goal, uh, goals saved above average? Uh, I can explain it if you give me... Because the way that I understand it is they essentially take the the average of, of goalies throughout the league and they compare him or that, that goalie to everyone and say, how many has he stopped above them? And obviously he hasn't stopped any above him because he's in the negative. So he stops a lot fewer uh, than, than the league average. So it gives you a sense of, of what the save percentage and goals against average. Uh, maybe not. It gives you a sense of how he compares to everyone else in his position in the league as it stands today. And a negative nine is a very, 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 very bad. Ad. It is not good. Um, I can give like, you the textbook definition right please now, do. according to Hockey Reference. You pretty much summed it up pretty close to perfectly, but here we go. Goals saved above average. The goals this goalie prevented given his save percentage and shots faced versus the league average save percentage on the same number of shots. Right. So it's comparing apples to apples. Right. Um, it's not looking, oh, he's got it uh, like... Dylan Ferguson has a 6.49 goals against average. That's awful. Well, he's got one game played. So, mm-hmm. like, he comes in on a bad night, and he's got nine minutes of, t- of ice time. He was obviously really bad. Obviously, but he didn't really have much of an o- opportunity to help himself out there. Um, so it, it, it's comparing things and, and in, in, in a perfect context. Maybe not a perfect context, but a more appropriate context. Well, uh, and looking at that, the Islanders goaltenders are nowhere near league average. Well, let me put this in perspective. His previous Grice's previous career low was minus three point four, and that was oh. when he played twenty games in Pittsburgh. So he's tripled that. Yeah, but again, he's got a lot of time to go. He's played fifteen games. Um, there's there's still a ton of hockey to play. Um, the potential for him to get that up. It, it is very achievable. They just got to do it, man. And I, I don't know what the solution is. Maybe the solution that Doug Waite started at the beginning of the season isn't working, right? Where they weren't going to block as many shots and let the goalies see them. Maybe that's not working. 
Maybe they need to let the players block a few more shots. Because these shots that they're letting through, they're getting in. They're getting in. So that might be your... Yeah, that might be your solution. Uh, Maybe. It's something to try if they haven't already tried it. I'm not really sure. I haven't dug... uh, Doug, yeah, I haven't gone through the stats to see if they're blocking more shots now than they were before. And even then, that wouldn't necessarily tell me what I'm looking for. That would just say that they're blocking more. They could just be accidentally getting in the way more frequently. Right. And the last thing I had to compare was the um, in the Metro. So I took the median for goals against average, which is 2.71 in the league, and the median save percentage, which is 912. The only playoff team in the Metro who was get who their starter was getting worse than those numbers was Matt Murray. But like I said in my article, I would give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion at 23 years old. Yeah, and he also seemed to be injured. He missed some time already with, with Pittsburgh. So maybe the injury was doing something to him. So, right. The Islanders were in a rare situation where they were in a playoff spot and getting significantly below average goalie play. Like, that's... God. It, it's, it sucks to be able to point to that and say, like, that needs to change. Because it's hard. Like, it, it's not easy for them. They're, they're getting 30, 40 shots a night. Um, they just they, they have to be better. They just have to. And like there, there's not really an easy answer because it's a lot of chance. Like you can get down into the butterfly on time, in position, cutting the angle, and the shot just hits you in a way where there's just a little gap and it's in. But you were you were you did everything right, but like you were there maybe a, a, a fraction of a second too late, or there's a rut in the ice and you couldn't get down in the butterfly quick enough. Whatever it happens to be, and that puck goes in. And then you can go from a shutout to a one goal against per average real quick. Yeah, I think a part of it is definitely chance because you have to think, like, these guys in in their career, they have been much better than this. Like, they shouldn't be playing this bad. And, That's right. like, I keep waiting for them to eventually just catch their stride, but... The longer it goes on, I'm asking myself if we're ever going to see it this year. I, I think we will because, again, I, I go back to the idea of system. It has to be that because that's the big thing that has changed. These goalies in and of themselves have not changed. The situation's even gotten easier because there's only two of them instead of three of them. Like we can't say that bringing in a third one will work, uh, even though the lols from Dmitry Filipovich would certainly say that we should. Um but it should be easier for them, and it's not for for for, for reasons. It seems, but to me, it it goes back to system because that's the one thing that has changed, and and it was a system directed towards helping them. It's clearly not working. Letting the goaltender see the puck sounds like it should work. It sounds intuitive. It sounds like that's something that you should be doing. Right. Let the goaltender see the puck because when they can see the puck, they can track it. They can stop it. But when we're looking at some of these goals that, that uh, Halak is letting in, at, and, and at least Halak, I want to focus on him because that, that's the, 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 the big one that we're looking at. And he's, he's letting in these easy, easy shots from the, the top of the face-off circle. And like, 
They, the way they're going in, they shouldn't be going in like that. They really should not be going. He's got the sight line, he's got the position, and he's just not getting down in the butterfly quick enough. Or he's not getting his arms tight enough. Like, that is that is basic positional stuff for a goaltender of his caliber. Right. So I, I think get a body in the lane, stop the puck from coming through. If that stops maybe a goal going in on the other side for us, then so be it. I, I'll, I'll be fine scoring four goals to three goals a game if we let in only one to two. So you're saying that maybe Calvin DeHaan has to revert back to his old form and just start getting in front of everything and anything? Um, Maybe not just him, but any, like Hickey, Anybody. Okay. Seidenberg, Boychuk, Letty, the, the forwards... Just get get in get in the shooting lane, not all the time because that's obviously not a good thing. But more so than you were doing before. Maybe you don't go. Oh, we either get in the shooting lane or we don't. Well, maybe there's a happy medium here that the Islanders need to find out and and, res- and get back to that. And if they can stop at least one goal in a game from going in, they're going to put themselves in a much better position to win games. Yeah, I think that's assuming fair. the goaltending stays the same. Right, and it could always improve because these guys have shown that they are better than what they have been playing. I think that's fair because we've looked at everything on their perspective, so I like that you brought up changing the style of play. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only possible thing left for them to do. Maybe. I'm not, I'm obviously not an NHL coach, um, even though I talk. You know, I, I I like to believe that I could be. Well, I, I don't actually think that. I, I I spew my opinion as though I think I am. There we go. That's a more apt way of saying it. Um, but it, it, that's the only thing that stands out to me. Without having perfect information on the situation, I'm not there in in the room. I'm not there on the ice. I'm not there to figure out all these intangible things. But to me, that's the one that sticks out. Right. I think that's definitely fair. Um, do you have anything else on the goalies that you wanted to hit on? No, no. I, I, I got my point across for Boston. I don't believe I convinced anyone, but that's fine. Um, and I, I brought forward the idea of changing the system. I, is there anything you want you you think that we could bring up differently? No, I just wanted to present my comparison to how they were playing on the rest of the league and really showing like how poor it actually is. I, I like the idea of painting that context. That was, I think that was necessary to do. Yeah, j- just providing the con- – what the fix is, I don't know. I just think the guys have to play better. Yeah, I hear that all the time, and I'm like, okay, that's good. What do we mean? What does that mean? And I was just trying to think, like, why? who knows? Stop letting Maybe in goals. <laughs> <laughs> Stop pucks. Oh, Hashtag there we go. Fixed. Got it. Uh, Drop all of the day's work. Drops the mic. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Do you want to move on to some social stuff maybe in a bit now? Yes, I definitely do want to move on to some social stuff. Um, I got one, one of my bigger ones for this week from the social segment was the reaction to the Belmont listening session. Oh, yes. Um, I think... Most Islanders fans were pretty receptive of it. I think they liked what happened at it. Uh, they definitely did not like the protesters or the people out there who did not want the arena. You mean like the 20 people with signs saying puck off? Yeah, that puck off sign, 
Oh, what a group of people too. That was yeah, like creative. It. I'll give them that much. That was quite creative. Um, but uh, it also makes me feel like we all know what's happening here. We all know that the Islanders are probably getting this. Even the protesters think that there, 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 there were no um, soccer off. That still wouldn't make any sense. But there were no soccer off posters going around. Soccer off. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you, as for like you specifically, did you like the Islanders plan that they presented with the hotel and shops and stuff? Um, I think it's fine. I, I, I expected this kind of reaction from the community. Not like I have some inside intel on the, on the community, but I, I just remember from the summer when discussions were happening, when these original listening sessions were going on, the community wanted housing. That was the big thing. And there is definitely no housing in this, in this plan. No. So, but it's not going to be up to the community, unfortunately. It's going to be up to the state and what the state wants, what the state thinks is good for the community. And what the state thinks is good for the community, it seems to be in New York Islanders' arena. Fingers crossed. Like, I'm putting words in their mouth, but fingers crossed. Right. But you would think that the Islanders' plan would make some decent money for the state because you have the horses – and then you have the hockey. Combine those two seasons, that's almost a full year. Then you have concerts in the offseason that you could have at the new arena, the shopping centers, the hotels. Be, the money's going to yeah. be rolling in, you would think. For me, it's just the idea that none of them can say that the LIR station will be full-time. Like They've spoken to it, and, and they've got that agreement already in place. Mm-hmm. I guess they can't because they're not actually going they, to... They haven't been awarded it. It just seems like uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to get that done. Like that to me seems like if that isn't there, this whole plan doesn't work. If they don't have a full time LIRR station there and running, this whole plan goes awry. I think they can do it though. That seems. Like I don't see why they. I was gonna say that seems like something that's doable. Like it doesn't seem like it would be that much of an issue. But... Yeah, there's just a lot of upgrades that they'd have to do, right, to make it you know weatherable in the winter. I know the line still works and that the trains obviously still go through it. Um, but it's to have people walking to and fro and being accommodating in, in all seasons. That's what needs to be done. So there's still some infrastructure work that needs to happen there. But you're right. It, it, it's doable. It's just, will it be done? Yes. And now we wait. But overall, I think it was a pretty positive reception on the social media from uh, Islanders fans at the listening session. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't see one. I think we all left. I didn't actually go because I'm not anywhere near it. Um, but after it was all said and done, we kind of got this sense like, you know what? I think we got this. I think this is ours. NYFC seems so disinterested. They, uh, they, it, they, they couldn't be bothered. If they didn't have to show up, they probably wouldn't have. Yeah, it was probably that's the impression I, feel, I got. I feel like their B team was sent like, all right, like, you, know, <laughs> you know, like the big shots. We're not going to send them. Uh, just these guys, just show up, go through the motions because there's a chance we might be awarded this. It's not our ideal situation, but gotta send Joe Schmo anyway. Yeah, we don't really care, but we're gonna do it anyways. Right. Uh, I did have another one for the social because I know you, that you have one as well, but I want to say because it, it really bothered me. It just happened today. Sure. Okay. 
Bitch, someone had the gall to do it to me again. I received a tweet today, and it said okay. this exact quote. Please continue to tell me how Josh Hosang should be in oh, the NHL God. and is in no need of AHL development. Listen to me. Uh, if you are going to tweet malarkey like this at me, please <laughs> unfollow, block, do whatever you have to do. Because and I, I quoted the tweet, and this was my exact words. Josh Hosang is on a 50-point pace, you clown. What else do you want from him? <laughs> what else could you possibly want? In 21 games, he has 12 points. Yeah, he's playing online with Brock Nelson, who goes into hibernations like we galore. We know this for a fact. And Anthony Bavillier is not really an offensive player. So what more could you possibly want from this guy? Everyone's going to point to turnovers, but those statistics aren't there. He's at like that one turnover per game pace with, guess what? Tavares... And Bailey are on that one turnover for a game pace as well. But no one's saying boo about them. Yeah, like, I I didn't... Uh, shout out to Cool Story Bro. That's who that's who wrote it. At least that's his Twitter name. I don't think that's his handle. But anyways, um, he clearly doesn't like us, which is fine. Because he considers us Hosang apologists. And, and I, I, I will. Like, yeah, okay, he turns over the puck and he did not have a good game today. Against the Dallas Stars, fine. But if you're going to tell me that that's the reason he needs to go to the AHL, where he's going to learn nothing and develop nothing, then I, we can't we can't converse. We can't be friends. No, because after th- after a bad no game, arguing. you're just going to say, "Oh, that send them back down." That he needs to grow. Why? Oh, there's going to be growing pains for most normal rookies. Matt Barzell isn't showing growing pains because he's not a normal rookie. Josh Sang right. is going to have the roller coaster ride up and down season of a rookie. And guess what? Tonight, the roller coaster was going down. Maybe tomorrow he scores a goal, has an assist, and then I will definitely tweet back at this guy and put my two cents <laughs> in. But that really uh, bothered me. So if you want to get on my nerves, tweet me something negative about Josh Sang, and I will throw my Twitter yeah. hands at you. <laughs> Oh, you're telling them your big red button. You're giving them. You're giving them the easy in. Uh, no, I, I saw it. I, I answered cool story, bro. And when he came back, he came back with something, and I didn't. I didn't care anymore. I just if we're if we're gonna argue about he turned over the puck, he needs to go to the AHL. Then I don't want to argue with Jack Capuano anymore. He's not here for a reason. Yes. So done. I'm hashtag done. There he is. Yes. The segment continues. Let's I'm go. hashtag done with arguments over is he should he go to the AHL for turnovers? You know what? If if he's gonna turn over the puck every game and he's getting letting in goals every game, then maybe he's worth going to the AHL. But that's not what's happening. He's just giving over the puck like everyone else does who carries the puck a lot. That's just it. Like, can we just uh yeah. Cool story, bro. Cool story. Nice Twitter handle. Or name, whatever it was. Whatever. Uh, I, I had something. It wasn't necessarily social. It's just I did some digging, and I, and I thought it was interesting that today, December 13th, Wayne Gretzky scored his 300th career NHL goal in 1983, and it was against the Islanders. 300th career goal. Could you know what game, like how many games it took him to reach that mi- that milestone? And give me a second to, to give the second for the listener to try to guess. Pause for dramatic effect. Pause for dramatic effect. 350. Wow. 
Wow. In 350 games, he scored 300 NHL goals. Insane. I wish I was that good at something. Just one thing in life. <laughs> I, yeah. I am the man who is mediocre at a lot of things and good at none. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like what's going to be on my tombstone. Good at a lot of things, not great. Slightly above average at a lot of things. <laughs> Oh, that's depressing. A little so bit. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because it was against the Islanders, and I thought it was fun. And I, I also think, like, man, imagine if if Bossy had, had played as long as he we think he could have played or should have played without the bad back. He would have passed Gretzky. Maybe not in points, but at least in goals. At least in goals. Yeah, that that one definitely makes me sad because I've – done a lot of research on Bossy in the last year or so for just various things we've done on the website, like top 50 Islanders players of all time and various other lists. And the more and more I research, the more depressed I get that this guy didn't have a longer career because he would have been the Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah, easily. You know? Oh, man, easy. Can we end on a positive note? Yes, give me a positive. I don't really have anything. I was hoping you would oh, give you're me hoping something. I, <laughs> oh, I spoke to Denny Potvin today. Oh, How about that? Oh, that's good. That Denny, little nugget. Denny Potvin content coming at you on Eyes on Isles tomorrow. How about that? Oh, I can't wait. Pretending to be wait. pretending to be journalists, they said. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us oh, now. Where I don't want to hang my hat on that. I, I don't want to hang my hat. I'm not a journalist. I don't want no, to be a journalist. I just We have a really cool... Denny Podvay mural here in, in my my hometown in Denny Podvay's hometown, and I just wanted to talk to him about that. That's all I wanted to do. I'm not breaking any news. He's uh, anyways. I'm not a journalist. I don't <laughs> don't want to hang my head on that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so this has been another edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. It was episode number seventeen. I said it was the Matt Martin edition, so I definitely say we hit him first and we hit him hard. Tonight, nice. like Matt Martin did. Um, so I should remind you, always go to the website, eyesonisles.com, for your opinions, analysis, editorial, whatever you like, anything on the New York Islanders we will cover. Always follow us on Twitter. We do live updates during games, fun memes, GIFs, videos, whatever your heart desires, at FS. Toss us a like on our Facebook page as well, at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. My personal Twitter page, which you should probably follow, is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is also a pretty funny follow. He's at TLO Mitch. Right now I'm going through all of my winter gear and my goggles. I leave the house and it feels like Hoth. So you're getting daily winter updates from me. Can I continue to get those daily winter updates? That makes my workday go a little quicker. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. So once again... I am Matt O'Leary. And I am Mitch Anderson. There you go. And you've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next time. I had no idea you were pitching it to me there. There you go. (laughs) At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.